Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. So we're going to conclude our online-only worship gatherings today with a simple uh, devotional style message on faithfulness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. I thank you, Lord, for your hand, Lord, upon our lives. I thank you for your faithfulness to us in this season. Thank you, Lord, for cameras and for Wi-Fi, for internet. Thank you that we're able to communicate, that we were able, Lord, to uh, gather together online and, and still worship in this manner. It's not ideal, but thank you that we were able to still connect virtually for 17 weeks. Lord, as we adjust and as we begin to reopen slowly with precaution uh, next week Sunday I pray Lord that you would bless our time together and I pray Lord that you would complete the work that you've started at the Way City Church I thank you for today I thank you for your word I pray Lord that you would speak to us through your word as you always do and I pray ultimately that we would have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to TWCC this morning we love you and we bless you and we commit this time into your hands in Jesus name we pray amen and amen so in revelation chapter 2 and 3 while john is exiled on the isle of patmos jesus appears to him and gives him a message to write down in a book called the book of revelation which we have today and to send this message to the seven churches in asia so jesus identifies seven churches and he has issues with every single church except Two, the persecuted church which was in Smyrna and the faithful church which was in Philadelphia. The other five churches that Jesus identified and had major issues with was the loveless church in Ephesus. They left their first love. The compromising church in Pergamos, they dwell where Satan's throne is and teach doctrines that God hates. The corrupt church in Thyatira, an evil woman by the name of Jezebel, she was given a platform at this church and she began to teach and ultimately use her power and authority to seduce the church and to lead the church into practicing sexual immorality. Then the last two churches that Jesus had an issue with was the dead church in Sardis. They had an appearance of godliness while denying the power thereof. They had a name without fruit. They had giftings without character. And then finally, the lukewarm church in Laodicea. They were indecisive and deceived. They had one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And they had no convictions about that. And they felt comfortable with living that kind of lifestyle. One foot in the church, one foot in the world. And that was unacceptable to the Lord. So my question to you now is, which of these churches would say that you belong to them? Which of these churches, of the seven churches of Revelation, which of these churches would say that you belong to them? Uh, which of these churches would you be a member of? Which of these churches would call your name? If these churches took role, which of these churches would call your name? Which one do you currently 
identify with. We at the Wave City Church, we want to be just like the Church of Philadelphia. We want to be like the faithful church. However, faithful churches do not exist without faithful believers. So what would Jesus say about our church so far? Faithful churches cannot exist without faithful believers. Jesus has a lot to say about his church. And Jesus has a lot to say about the, the seven churches in Revelation. And I wonder what Jesus would say about our church so far, about TWCC, the Wayseat Church. What do you think Jesus would say about us so far? What would he say about the, the people at our church? And I'm telling you this, like a son longs to hear the approval of his father, I sincerely long to hear the words of Matthew chapter 25, verses 21 and verse 23 from the lips of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that says, well done, good and faithful servant. I long to hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of your Lord. A son will live his entire life trying to win the approval and praise of his father. And all he wants to do is, is to please his father. And it is tragic when a child has a parent that just doesn't feel like their child quiet measures up. They feel like my, my child just doesn't quiet measure up that is tragic because children look for approval in their parents so i live my life if i'm honest with you i live my life to hear those words from my lord and savior jesus christ well done good and faithful servant i long to hear that and i need to hear those words from my savior that is what i live for and that's what i look forward to more than anything else so my question to you is Will Jesus find you to be faithful on the earth? Will he find you to be faithful on the earth? When Jesus returns, will he find faith in you? And will he find you to be faithful? Are you a faithful person? And I'm telling you that in today's day and age, faithfulness is rare. Faithfulness is rare and is truly hard to find a faithful individual. You can be faithful to a thing without being a faithful person. Just because you're faithful to your spouse doesn't make you a faithful person. A faithful person is faithful in all things. I'm going to say that again. A faithful person, a faithful individual is faithful in all things. In all that they do, they are consistently faithful. And God is looking for a faithful people, for a faithful generation, for a faithful individual. Psalm 12 and verse 1 says this, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. Of men. The godly and the faithful are intertwined. To be godly is to be like God. God is faithful. Can you, can you say that? 
God is faithful. Can you say that? God is faithful. God is faithful. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13 says, If we are faithless, He remains faithful. He cannot deny Himself. If we are faithless, God remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. We serve a God who is faithful. He is a faithful God. And His faithfulness is not dependent upon how faithful we are. To be faithful is to be reliable. So we have to ask ourselves the question then, is God reliable? Is He reliable? Yes, yes, and yes. Again, He is worthy of our confidence. And to be unworthy of confidence is to be unreliable. To be faithful is to be reliable. To be faithful is to be committed. To be faithful is to be loyal and it is to be dependable. And God is all. God is loyal, God is committed, God is dependable, God is reliable. We have heard that cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, I don't know about all that, maybe. But what I do know, according to Psalm chapter 12 and verse 1, is that faithfulness is next to godliness. Our, out with the godly usually means gone with the faithful. Out with the godly usually means out with the faithful, gone with the faithful. So, like God, church, like God, as a church planner, I too am looking for a faithful people, a faithful family, a faithful couple, a faithful individual. And I am, if I'm honest with you, I am amazed and I am blown away by how quickly people jump from church to church church and now there's there's both a positive side to having hundreds of churches in a city right there's a there's a positive side to that there are a hundred churches in my city but there's also a negative side to that the positive is this if all those churches are actively on mission in their communities reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ praise God that's amazing that's the positive the negative is this Christians for some reason, when there are hundreds of churches in their city, they become less faithful. They become like a child at Sweet Frog. I had the chocolate ice cream mixed with the mango ice cream last week. This week I'm going to get the vanilla ice cream mixed with the sherbet ice cream mixed with the coconut ice cream. There are so many choices for them to choose from and they cannot stay faithful. So the negative is that Christians for some reason become less faithful when there are churches all around. They want a tailor fit. They begin to search for a tailor fit church specifically for them, just for them. And they will keep hopping from church to church to church until they find what satisfies their need. They have more of a consumer mindset. What's in it for me? They have more of a consumer mindset than they do a how can I serve my church, how can I serve my community type of mindset. And God forbid that you ever offend a Christian today. God forbid because they won't hesitate. They won't think twice about bouncing from your church to the next. Why? Because they can. Because it's available for them. Because we have created a 
culture today, a church culture that feeds into this all too well. Are there times then when you should leave a church? Absolutely. Are there times when you should leave a church? Absolutely. You should leave your church in good standing in order to be on mission to help new churches get started and established like many of you did with TWCC. Right? You, you left churches in good standing to, to come and to help the Way City Church get established. Praise God. That is biblical. Second reason is this. You should leave if they don't teach the fundamentals of the Christian faith. If your church does not teach the fundamentals, the primary tenets of the Christian faith, and they teach doctrines of demons, then you should leave. But these are probably the two top main reasons why a person should leave their church. To be on mission in establishing new churches. And number two, demonic doctrine. Now, I want to uh, play a quick game with you. There's a TV show that I used to love. It, the host was John Quinones. It was called What Would You Do? Maybe you've seen it. So let's, uh, let's play What Would You Do? right now real quick. I used to um, used to love that show very much. So follow me for a moment while I set the stage. Let's do a quick test real quick, right? So imagine if you lived in a city during a time where there were no cars and you lived in a city that had one church. So imagine that you lived in a time, in a generation, in an era where there were no cars um, and which which used to be, right? Um, but you lived in, in that time and there was one church in your city walking distance from your home, all right? The next closest church was 20 miles away. Now, if you were offended because that church spoke up about injustice, if you were offended because that church doesn't believe the way you do about male and female roles in leadership. If you were offended because you didn't like the color of the carpet at that church. If you were offended because they are continuous and you are cessationist. If you were offended because you felt like leadership perhaps didn't call you enough. If you were offended because you had a conflict with a member at that church, or if you didn't like a member at that church, if you disagreed with church discipline, if you wanted a position at that church but didn't receive it fast enough, if you didn't like the kind of youth that was coming from the streets and attending the youth group with your kids, what would you do? What would you do? That's my question to you. And I want you to answer it. What would you do? Thousands of Western Christians have left churches. Thousands of Western Christians have left churches because of these exact same issues. Thousands. That's... That amazes me. That's, that's ridiculous. But thousands of Western Christians have left churches because of these same issues. So then again, what would you do if you lived in that era and there was only 
one church. Now, you were not leaving to help a new church plant, and they did not teach demonic doctrines. They taught faithfully the scriptures and the word of God and the fundamentals of the Christian faith. What would you do? Now, you have three options. These are your three options, and I want you to pick one. Number one, would you be faithful to the church in your city? Would you be faithful to the church in your city? Would you walk the 40 mile round trip journey with your family to the next closest church? Or would you disobey God's command in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 and decide that you just won't go to church? Which one would you do? Would you stay faithful to your church? Would you make the 40 mile round trip journey on foot to the next closest church or would you disobey God's word in Hebrews 10 23 that says not to forsake the assembling together of the saints as many have done but to encourage each other to exhort one another as you see the day approaching which one would you do stay faithful go to the next church make that that crazy journey or would you quit church and say I'm not going to church. None of the 10 reasons that I just gave you are valid reasons for anyone to leave a church. Now listen, even if you personally have issues with, with all 10 of those things that I said combined, that still wouldn't give you biblical reason to, to leave a church. Even as I had believers from other churches join us at TWCC, I always wanted to know that the reason why they were joining us was because they were they believed in the vision and the mission and they wanted to be on mission in the city of Woodbridge Virginia and I also wanted to know for the most part that they were not bitter about their old church you want to know why most times not all the time but more than likely a person who left their old church because of unbiblical offense will eventually will eventually leave our church too because of unbiblical offense. In Galatians chapter 5, the Bible speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, there are nine fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, uh, patience. But one of the fruits of the Spirit is faithfulness. Faithfulness. So, most of the fruits in Galatians 5 has to do with character and nothing in Galatians 5 has to do with gifting. The more you yield to the Holy Spirit, the more evident these fruits become within you. Faithfulness is one of the fruits of the Spirit and faithfulness is a character issue. And if you struggle with it, as good news, the Holy Spirit within you can help you. We all struggle with things, but I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is your helper and He will help you. But faithfulness is a character issue and the Holy Spirit will help you and He will strengthen you. This is one of the, the great fruits of the Holy Spirit is faithfulness found in Galatians chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9 says this, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God. It's a great thing to know. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy 
for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Therefore, know. Do you know this? Do you know it to be so? Do you know it to be true? But know. Know that you know that you know that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. God is faithful to you up to a thousand generations. He is a faithful God. Even when you're dead and gone, he's still faithful to you. He is faithful up to a thousand generations. A marriage cannot work with only one person who is fully committed and faithful. This is a covenant and it takes two people. And God is faithful to us. And my question then to you is, are you faithful to God? Are you faithful to Him? Church, are you faithful to God? He's proven His faithfulness to us. He's faithful to us. Are you faithful to God? Would, would God agree with the answer that you just gave? Would God agree with your answer? Does God say that you are faithful to Him? Because that's all that matters. Maybe you think you're faithful to him, but God will disagree with you. And maybe you are faithful to him and God agrees with you. But what would God say about your faithfulness to him? Because that's all that matters, really. Do you have to find time for God? Tony Evans said that if you have to find time for God, it's because God is not first love. Do you have to find time for work? Absolutely not. Why? It is understood that when that hour comes, I am there. Where? I'm at the job. Place and time, I'm there whenever I need to be. So I have never in my life, as much as I can recall, I have never heard anybody say I have to find time to go to work. Or if I can find time to go to work, then I'll be there. I've never heard such a thing and you probably never heard it either yourself. Um, now I know that I give a lot of examples usually of work but let me tell you why I give work examples because I believe that in the Western world work is first love. Uh, forget the church of Ephesus that we read about in Revelation chapter 2. Right? They left their first love. For many Western Christians, Jesus has never been first love. There is no first love to leave. But work is, for many Westerners, first love. And I think I figured out exactly why work is first love. And I believe it's because the reward is highly valued. I'm going to say that again. I believe I've figured out why work in the Western world is first love love and I believe it's because the reward is highly valued. I said the reward is highly valued. What do I mean by that? I mean the paycheck, the, the respect. You respect it, you honor it, you long for it, you need it, you believe it sustains you and you don't believe that you can live without it. The reward is highly favored and highly valued. So what would then happen if Christians saw the reward of fellowship with God just like they saw the reward and result of the paycheck that comes from a 40-hour work week? What do you think would, would happen to people's faith? Let me 
move on. But I want you to understand that is so true. You usually have to make time for things that are not first love or prioritized in your life. I want to read several scriptures here before we close this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9 in the NLT says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Second Chronicles 16, 9 in the New King James Version says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Psalm 52, verse 2 and 3 says this, God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Every one of them has turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6, a faithful man who can find. A faithful man who can find. Proverbs 28 and verse 20 says a faithful man will have many blessings in the HCSB. In the New King James it says a faithful man will abound with blessings. But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. A faithful man will abound with blessings. And I want your life church to abound with blessings but to have those blessings you have to learn faithfulness God tests your faithfulness in different ways just like he tested the faith of Abraham for him to present his son Isaac on the altar to God God will test your faith in many ways so will you let him grow you in this area will you let God grow you in this area of faithfulness and you cannot be a person of faith without being faithful. You cannot be a person of faith without being faithful. It's impossible. You call yourself a person of faith, then you must be faithful to the Lord and faithful in all you do. Not just faithful in one thing, but faithful in all things. I've heard stories of people without degrees that have received great positions that people with degrees never attained all because of their faithfulness. They stuck with that business, they stuck with that company, and then what happened? They were promoted. Faithfulness. When you are faithful, there is a blessing that comes from God, but there's also a blessing that comes from men. Faithfulness. We're all looking, I believe, for people that are faithful. We all want faithful people. We all want to surround ourselves with people that are faithful. We enjoy being around faithful people. And if you bounce around from job to job every six months, you will always be an entry level person. And you will never receive the, the full blessing from that place or from that company. But the moment that you stick with it and you stay faithful to it, guess what happens? Promotion and blessing. Psalm 31 and verse 23 says this, Oh, love the Lord, all you saints. Oh, love the Lord, all you saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. There is a special place in the heart of the Lord for those who are faithful. The Lord, the Bible says here, He preserves the faithful. He preserves, He keeps the faithful. Oh, love the Lord, all you saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. 
Luke 16 and verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. In simple terms, if you are Asian in the city, you will also be Asian in the country. If you are a black man in Africa, you will also be a black man in Europe. You don't change based on your circumstances and you are who you are. In the same way the Bible says the one who is faithful in a little will be faithful in much. The one who is unfaithful or unjust in a little will be unjust in much. Why? It's who they are. It's who they are. The faithful man is always faithful. Whatever you place in his hands, he's good with it and he's faithful with it and you can trust him with it. So a faithful man is always faithful, not just at work. He's always faithful. How can you seek to be faithful? I believe it's very simple. You can seek to be faithful by seeking opportunities of faithfulness. You seek faithfulness by looking for opportunities to be faithful. Search for opportunities where you can show yourself faithful and then place yourself in that place, in that position where you can show yourself faithful. So again, how can you seek to be faithful? You seek faithfulness by looking for opportunities to be faithful and placing yourself there. In my conclusion, I truly believe, I truly believe that a person's faithfulness is a great indicator or gauge of a person's spirituality. I'm going to say that again. I truly believe, truly believe that a person's faithfulness is a great indicator or gauge to a person's spirituality. Remember our first verse, Psalm 12 and verse 1. As the godly man ceases, as the godly man ceases, then the faithful disappear. The Bible itself was recorded. It is a faithful book. And the Bible was recorded to show us how God dealt with his people in the past. We can read through the scriptures and we can see how God dealt with his people in the past to encourage us in the present, but also in the future. The Bible reveals to us the promises that God made to his people. And it shows us how God fulfilled those promises that he made to his people. The Bible is about a faithful king who is showing us his track record. The Bible is about a faithful king who is showing us his track record. Why? In order for us to trust in him and for us to believe that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Remember, faithfulness is not for a season, but it is for a lifetime. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. Lord, we know that when you introduced yourself to Moses, you introduced yourself to him and you said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You were showing him your track record. You were showing him your faithfulness. That in the same way that you dealt with them, in the same way that you were faithful to do everything that you promised Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob, you, you will be faithful to Moses. 
You are a faithful king. You are a faithful God. And we thank you for the track record that we have of your faithfulness. We have so many stories and so many promises fulfilled. So Father, may we never doubt your faithfulness. And if you are faithful as you are, then how can we not be faithful to you in return? That is only reasonable. So Father, help us to be a faithful people and help us to be a faithful church. Help us to be a faithful people and a faithful church to you. And Father, I pray that you would help us in this time and in this season as we are transitioning and getting ready to begin services. I pray, Lord, that you would bless and anoint our time together as we gather as a people. And I pray, Lord God Almighty, that it will be almost as though we were never apart. I pray for your grace upon us and for your mercy upon us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came to the earth and lived a perfect and sinless life and showed himself to be faithful to you. We know that he died on a cross out of obedience to you and that you, by the power, by the power of the Spirit, you raised him from the dead. Just as you promised, just as the word promised, just as the as you foretold the Old Testament prophets, everything that you said you did and he rose again victorious. And I thank you for all of us who believe and put our trust in him that we too can be saved from death and rise again at the resurrection. We love you and we bless you and Father I pray that each and every single individual at the hearing of my voice, Lord, that they would trust you, that they would be faithful to you, and that anybody who does not know you this morning, that they would call upon you, and that you would save their souls. We love you, and we bless you, and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And amen. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.